I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, mindfulness and ways you can get that with simple drawing. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 385, Mindfulness by Any Other Name. And I am here. And if you're hearing this, I am very glad that you are there, that you are out there and for whatever reason, tuning in. If you're new to the show or if this is part of your creative habit through the years, now more than ever, I am glad you are tuning in and I'm glad to be here. I really wanted to be here midweek. It was really something I thought I was going to be able to do. And it just didn't happen. So many things right now are different. So I am in here to do this right now. I'm ready. I have had a peaceful morning getting ready and then a flurry right before this. And then I said, okay, I need in there. I need 30 minutes or so at my desk. I need to be able to do this. Then you can have my room back. So here I am. And I want to talk to you and I want to talk to you today about mindfulness. I know people are feeling stuck, cooped up, anxious, paralyzed, paralyzed. I used that word myself a few weeks ago to describe how I was feeling at the time when all of this started, to describe not only the stillness that I felt, but the sense that I couldn't force myself into action. There was something weighing. I just, I couldn't make myself do all the things that my brain was saying, okay, you should do this and you could do this and you could do this. And I was just so still, paralyzed. Others have used that word in recent days to me. And I've noted it when I've heard it. We are all at different points in the cycle of our experience with what's going on and where our communities are with what's going on. I am seeing people all over the spectrum. There's a whole gamut of responses. I'm seeing people feeling calmer and more clear-headed and settling in and balancing differently than they were early on. And I know others are still in high anxiety mode. And I know, too, that many people bounce back and forth between these feelings or they drift drift back and forth through this stillness. You bounce into one wall or edge and then you drift the other way. And you may feel like you don't really have all that much say over the direction of the drift right now. It just happens. The sense of floating and the sense of waiting, right? And the sense of being not only out of sorts with familiar routines, but the sense maybe of being out of control. What we can control has gotten smaller and smaller. We're zooming farther and farther out on the scene, 
It's a global scene, and you are here. This is you, this dot. The single still point on a graph. And if we zoom back in slowly, and things get larger and larger, and your dot gets larger, the context of you in your community, in your house, in your family, in your room, there is this shifting, this stillness, this sense of being a dot, a cluster of dots in a house somehow a part of and at the same time detached from everything going on beyond your four walls. Do you hear the birds? A few of you heard last week's show. And I have to tell you that there was such an unexpected jolt for me in the editing of that show. Maybe you listened and you heard me talk about the crows. But you also listened and you heard birds that are not crows. And you thought, wait, those are not crows. Didn't she just say crows? And you're right, I did. And it wasn't a mistake. And I don't think those are crows. The crows are here. They continue to be here noisily throughout the day. Lots and lots of crows in the back of the house, on the street, up the hill. There are crows. As I walked the dog a day or so ago, there was a giant crow. These things are huge. A giant crow perched on the roof of a house one or two doors up from where I was standing. And the dog noticed it, and she went nuts, jumping, straining at the leash, growling. She weighs about seven pounds. She has no understanding that the crow, in all honesty, is at least twice her size. And she doesn't understand that I have these improbable but storybook-like flashes of that crow swooping down and trying to pick her up and lift her and fly her away. There are always crows, but they are here in full force right now. Lots of them. Do you hear the birds? That's what I asked you. It was the refrain for the show. <laughs> and I couldn't have even anticipated that it truly was the refrain for the show. I asked you that, and even right now, as I write this, so not as I'm recording it, but right now as I'm writing this to record this later, the house is quiet, the boys are asleep, coughing from the other room is silent, and I hear the birds. Those other birds, I'm not even aware of them, and suddenly right now I hear them, and that exact same sound, those birds surprised me when I edited the show. I recorded a show about birds, about listening, about you and me stopping and noticing, taking a breath in these times of unrest and anxiety, just stopping and noticing. Do you hear the birds? Mobilizing yourself to step outside of your paralysis, to look around to draw things in, maybe, yes, but to also look around and see what is right there and what you can do. Do you hear the birds? I recorded the show, and then I sat and started to edit it. And in one of the pauses between my words, there they were. The birds. Different birds. Not the crows. These are the smaller birds. The bird song. I was so startled so startled when I edited the show. I almost didn't believe what I was hearing, but there it was. 
again and again in the spaces between my words. I could hear it. It was picked up in those little moments of silence. I had not noticed them when I recorded the show. But there they were. As I listened back, there they were. In the same way, the positioning of my mic while I record picks up street sounds behind me, cars passing by usually, the rush of a car or a truck or sometimes the wind, it picked up the birds. And maybe you thought it was a trick. I bet some of you did. Yeah. Those birds were real, and they were quite accidental. They were as much of a surprise to me as to anyone else. And just as right now, I just heard them again as I stopped and paused and just took in the silence of the room and I heard those birds out the door. That's the way it happens. You suddenly become aware. The light, it's a white light today. It is foggy out, was foggy out this morning. It looks cold. But especially in the mornings, there is this sense of light of a piercing clarity. And on days moving out of the house, even just to walk the dog, there is something exceptionally bright about the light right now. It's clear, it's pure, it's piercing, it's intense. It has something to do, some relationship with how we are feeling in this moment. There is the perception that the world has slowed almost to a standstill. Even as we know that the world beyond our pinpoint on the map is racing, that there is this race going on. There is this exponential race going on. And yet, in our pinpoint moment, there is a slowing, the sense of standing in one place, the sense, maybe, of paralysis. And maybe you don't feel it at all, or maybe you haven't felt it at all, or maybe you have, in bits and pieces or at times. It is hard to have the conversations that I want to have because I want to talk about what's happening and all the headlines. I snap screenshots from one news source that I reload over and over, and I reload it at odd times and generally in the morning before I actually get up and at night and through the day, and I snap these screenshots of stories that sound like they are straight from a science fiction book. Improbable stories and little details, stories that are shocking and sad and disheartening, such an odd commentary on our times. Who could make these up? That's what I always think. Who could make things up that would even read like this? And yet they're riveting and fascinating in maybe some perverse way. I think every once in a while that there is no need for books and no need for writers. This log of events, this chronological growing thing that will be hundreds of pages long in the end. This log of events and tidbits and details. And this is the story. A story that could be endlessly read and reread and spun. Yeah, I do want to talk. I really do. Talking helps me break the quiet. But here in the show, I am deliberately steering clear of it. 
I go back and forth with what I think I will do or want to do. But ultimately, I know that this is not the place. So other than rippling the waters of the philosophical, the metaphorical, and the symbolic, which I am always going to do, regardless of what's going on in the world around us, other than that, I'm not. Because I know that many of you are looking for a distraction. And for these few minutes, maybe I am that. Just a distraction, a voice out there, a voice you know, a backtrack as you work on something else. A voice that probably you can just tune out as you work on something else. I do know the value of the background sound. I wish I didn't have such a fear of red tape because in these days, I'm not sure red tape even sticks, but I would like to be able to just pick up a book and read to you anything random just to hear myself connecting with you in that way. Maybe you'd only hear every few words. I know that too. Our minds wander There's so much weighing on us right now and so many details. Our minds wonder. And I know many of you are watching lots of videos, creative offerings, especially right now, prompts and techniques and free courses. There's so much. I mentioned that last time. There's just so much available right now if you have the time. Videos don't work very well for me. I can't sit and focus on watching in that way. It makes me antsy. I can layer my listening, though, turn things on in the background while I work. That is usually what I do. Time right now is different for everyone. Fear is different for everyone. Anxiety is different for everyone. Loneliness is different for everyone. And we all have different circumstances, a different set of circumstances. We're all sort of in this together. And at the same time, we do have different circumstances. Time right now is different for everyone. It's interesting watching so many people who are struggling with these new confines. It is heartwarming sometimes seeing the wonderful connections being made, the beauty coming out of this, the ways in which people's need to connect can create new approaches and beautiful and generous gifts. Like the videos you've probably seen of people singing together or using video conferencing to play orchestral pieces. Each player in a house, in a room, in a space, alone with an instrument. But joining in to make music that comes together and transcends the moment. Reaches out across time and space in a way that works. Each person playing his or her piece. Each person has a role. There is a need to connect, a huge need to connect right now. For some of us, disconnected and isolated to begin with, the sense of disconnect is growing, especially and almost ironically, as others scramble to connect. They're odd observations you can make. For some, time right now is vacuous. The sense of free time and yet not the mindset to enjoy it. It's a different thing, this free time. It's free time, but confined in a way that makes it not a good thing. Even for those who have interests and hobbies, things to do, things that normally would take up this time, 
a lot of people who have a lot of free time right now are really feeling stuck. For me, time hasn't changed. And that's true for a lot of people. And so I'm in that group. We're all caught in our circumstances. So where I want to focus today, though, is on something we share, which is the free time. It may be a different amount. It may fall for you at the beginning of the day or the end of the day or in the middle or in little windows here or there, or maybe you're still feeling the crunch of this in such a way that you do not think you have it. And I think you probably do at least a couple of minutes, but you have to make the decision to use it in this way. So that little bit of time, that margin, maybe that pocket, these are always the spaces where we have the potential for nurturing our creative selves, for making art. And in these days, I think these are the spaces where we have the chance to balance, to breathe, to clear our heads, to quiet the external noise, to find some kind of quiet, positive quiet in a good way. So I am not a psychologist. And I'm not a yoga person. And I'm not one that can sit in one place and do absolutely nothing unless it involves going to sleep. I find movies very challenging. I don't watch TV unless my hands are moving. So I don't know much, maybe anything, about true mindfulness, about practices of sitting and focusing on breath and nothing else. Mindfulness in that sense, the meditative sense. Attempting that focus and each time you are aware of your mind wandering, bringing it back to the moment, to the breath. So I say that, I say, well, I don't know anything about this. And then I stop and I think, well, really? Do I really not? What really happens if I do this? And so I close my eyes, maybe 10 seconds. I listen, I try, I focus. I see things in front of my closed eyes. Okay, I think maybe I will try this. Maybe at some other point, maybe I'll try this. Maybe I'll give it another go. But in general, I talk about mindfulness a lot because I have found mindfulness in this last year or so of drawing. The sense that I can get lost in the simple act of making marks, of filling space, of watching ink flow on a page, of the ways in which drawing the pen again and again over a section already inked continues to darken it with the wet black or the wet color of the ink, and then it dries almost instantly but it deepens and darkens yet again when you pass over it again. The lines of hair and the way going back over hair in specific ways transforms and fills the hatching under an eye. One of my favorite spots. The simple lines to fill in the half-inch band of the neckline on a t-shirt. These things are immensely fulfilling, rewarding, meditative in their own way, 
rhythmic and soothing and mindful. A few weeks ago, I saw a news story about a school that was handling behavior issues with a mindfulness program. So instead of other forms of correction or restorative practices, there was a mindfulness room and a teacher who has options to encourage mindfulness. And I thought it was awesome, and I felt so excited in seeing that headline. But as I read the story, it was really disheartening. The whole idea was being discredited. There were lots of lines about how it takes weeks and weeks or longer to learn how to properly do mindfulness. This story bothered me a lot, and this story happened before the pandemic. This was weeks and weeks ago. It really stopped me in my tracks. I don't care if you are really using the Kleenex brand of tissue or not when you tell me that you bought tissues. Even if you use the word Kleenex, it's okay. You needed a tissue, and you used a tissue, and maybe you called it a Kleenex. It served your purpose, did what it was supposed to do. I think today a lot of us talk about mindfulness and don't mean precisely, maybe, what it means when talked about by psychologists, and maybe neurologists, and maybe anyone trying to make a few dollars or a few hundred dollars off of teaching you how to be mindful. Maybe many of us use the word even in different ways than people who do yoga or who teach yoga. I don't know that I care. I don't know that I care if you tell me that my version of mindfulness isn't truly mindfulness. I don't know that you can take that word away from me. I don't need you to sell it to me. So it is a word at this point in our culture that I think can go all kinds of directions. I'm after what it feels like to me and what it could feel like for you. I'm after the calm it brings in the face of a storm, in the face of uncertainty, in the face of fear and anxiety and loneliness, isolation, quiet, stillness, and paralysis in the face of now. I'm aware that certain kinds of mindfulness can promote stillness, and maybe you're trying desperately to get away from stillness. But there is a difference when you're doing something mindful and you feel that stillness. It is not the same. It is not an anxiety-filled stillness. It is very different. It is a calm, a stillness born of calm. For me, I find mindfulness in the doing, a doing that allows me to quiet something inside, to focus in a way that slows me down, slows my brain down, helps me breathe. Maybe you've noticed that sometimes you sit and you just all of a sudden notice that you are breathing fast. Your heart may be racing. I used to find mindfulness that slowing down in knitting. I have found it in hand sewing and embroidery, and I definitely find it in drawing. And I know others of you do too. In the last few weeks, I've seen more and more people talking about doing repetitive drawings. Mark making can take 
many, many forms. It can be pattern doodling. It can be coloring in spaces. It can be painting, but I'm talking today specifically about drawing. It's just something that's really easy to pick up and do. You don't need anything special or a lot of space. And you don't have to wait for anything to dry, really, unless you're using an ink that smudges badly. Yeah, okay, I can't quite shake that one. Mindfulness can lead us to draw a picture of the dog or the cat or our partner or child or the flower on the windowsill or a person we don't know from a library of inspirational muse photos like those you can find in the wonderful sketchy app. Or maybe you draw a circle and you repeat it a thousand times or you draw a spiral bigger and bigger and bigger again and again and again or maybe you do different forms of tangling tangling the generic word of that word you cannot say. I have talked many times this year about drawing squares or circles and just filling them in. And I started doing that at a very different time. There was no pandemic. There was just change in my own life. Sometimes you see bits and pieces of these circles or squares on the pages that I share. And maybe you think, oh, that's what she meant. That's what she was talking about. And maybe, maybe you say, oh, that's ugly. Wow, that's not artful. Wow, what a waste of time. I don't know. Maybe you don't say any of that, but it's possible. I say that because they're not all that special. The point of these things is not that they are all that special. The point of these things is in the process of doing them, which happens before you ever see them. I get the benefit of the process of doing these things of mindfully filling space. I have filled space in dozens of ways this year. Before the pandemic, yes, it's been a hard year, a lot of change. I've been filling space and telling you to fill space. I've been trying to hold myself afloat, keep my mind balanced so that I can face all the things I need to do each day in the midst of a lot of uncertainty. And I have found that filling space is a way of steadying. And I want to keep telling you that over and over and over. People get really hung up on, is it artful? It doesn't matter to me if these boxes I fill are pretty. Sometimes they are. Sometimes I think, wow, that's just beautiful. <laughs> Remember, first and foremost, I will always say you should love what you do. And I'm pretty upfront. I enjoy what I do. I'm proud of what I do. I like what I do. So even if you think these boxes are ugly, it's okay. I probably have enjoyed them and liked them. But it doesn't overly matter to me if they are pretty. It is about process. It doesn't matter to me if they look complicated. It doesn't even matter to me if they're all the same. A couple of times in the last few weeks, I've tried something different and thought, oh, I should always do this, or oh, maybe I should do this with you. But then sometimes I revert back to just filling boxes in exactly the same way over and over and over again. Sometimes I just need to hatch. Sometimes I do a less and less pretty job of it. I've noticed that this week. Not being as precise or as careful or as neat or filling everything in. I just need to hatch. It soothes something deep inside of me. And lettering... Lettering does that too. It slows things down for me. I probably won't write 200 words when I letter them. It's just too slow. 
But writing 10 or 15 or 20, sort of this nutshell, this headline, this subhead, this blurb, I love it. And it's mindful. It's mindful in its tediousness. Now, I outline words fast. I'm not saying that I do this slowly, but it is still a letter-by-letter approach in a different way than when we just write something out quickly. I'm not trying to be a lettering artist, so I do do this quickly. I'm very fast, sometimes very sloppy even in my outlined lettering, but I like how they look. I like how they take up space. I like the hollow outlines. I often want to fill them in. Sometimes I do. But fountain pen filling in leaves a lot to be desired, especially with fine or extra fine nibs. But outlining the words themselves, that process, it is so soothing. I encourage you to fill some space. And I would like to tell you how. I'd like to give you ideas. I'd like to say, okay, let's do this. And I'd like to do that with you right now. At the same time, I think, well, I don't know the perfect way to tell you. And probably what I would tell you is fairly basic. Maybe even a little boring. Because I think a lot of mindfulness, when you're really in it for the calming, like I said, it's not about the art. It's about the doing and the process. And it probably sounds a little basic sometimes. I have talked through boxes before and making veils, especially for layers. And I wonder sometimes about just repeating those, doing them with you over and over and over, doing them again and again and again. Isn't that the whole nature of an exercise program? Little variations here or there, but repetition and routine and the building of skills and the building of a practice of self-care and nurturing rooted in mindfulness and stemming from art. The art you can do in just a few minutes, at any point in your day, you can slow yourself down and fill space. I know that many of you enjoy contour. The wonkiness of contour has such appeal. It can be beautiful. It can be mesmerizing. It can be very individual. It can be very precise and very real, or it can be a little bit whimsical. It can be a little bit fun and playful. My experience last year with contour is one of my favorite things. One of my favorite things. I don't know that I will be able to stop myself from doing it again this year. The 100 day project is coming up. I have let my thoughts roam just a little bit that way. I don't know that I can stop myself from redoing in some way what I started out with last year. I do know how dangerous it can be, especially for me, to try and repeat a project. I have done this before. I've talked about it before. A lot of times repeats don't work out the same. I'm thinking of other ways. In reality, what I did last year might not even work. It depends on where we are at that point when that starts, where we are with everything else going on. I might not be out and about in a way that lets me snap photos of people in motion. So I've been thinking about it just a little bit. I generally don't make any decision until I'm right up at the deadline. But I tore a bunch of pages out of a magazine last week for a different reason. But as I did it, I started noticing some of the pictures and thought, hmm, I wonder, what if I did this? What if I took that approach and did 
this. I do wonder. We don't subscribe to any magazines, but there is this one magazine that for some reason comes. It shows up, so there's a good amount of fodder in a single magazine, and I could probably crowdsource a few more images. So I'm thinking about it. I pulled some pages. I'm thinking. But contour in general, when you just look at something and then you draw those lines, it can be a really good approach for people. You just trace it with your eyes and you follow that line with your pen. You don't have to do blind contour. I'm actually not even all that interested in blind contour. It is what some people like most. And while one-line contour can become its own mesmerizing process and a real puzzle, a fun puzzle, how can I do this if I start here? How can I get all those lines and stay connected? That can be a lot of fun, but contour itself doesn't have to be blind, and it doesn't have to be one line. Contour just means a simple rendering of the lines, the outlines of a shape. So, I'm going to suggest today that you do this. I would say just listen through. And then if you want to listen again and actually have pen and paper in hand, that will also work. So here's what I suggest. First, you grab an object. If you can't figure that out or if you get stumped or overwhelmed by making the decision by the what should I draw, then just grab a coffee cup. It doesn't have to be special. And then draw a box on a piece of paper. It can be whatever size you want, but for this exercise right now, let's just say maybe three inches or so. If that looks too small to you, do four or five. Filling the space, though, is going to work a little more clearly and easily for you if it's a little smaller. So, you know, three or four inches. It does not need to be perfect. You do not need a ruler. You do not need to measure. Just draw a box. You don't need a pencil. Just do this with a pen. Make this be about the process. Make this be about letting go if that's really your holdup. Just let go. Let this be about the process. Not about whether you think this looks like art in the end. Not about whether you think this will be something you can share and prove your skill. Let this be simply about slowing down, using line to balance, to breathe, And to find something different within you, this feeling, this calm. Use your pen and draw the outline, the contour of your object in the box. And it's okay if it doesn't fit. Just pick a place to start and fit in what you can. Follow your object, do the lines, just fit it in as you can. After you've drawn your contour, use line to fill it in. And you could fill in the background, the negative space, or you could fill in the object itself. Or maybe there are shadows that you really want to capture. You want to fill it in. But don't scribble it in. Don't just scribble it in like you're coloring. Instead, be deliberate with your lines or patterns. Slow down. If you don't know how to start, draw straight lines across the space edge to edge. Pick one edge, draw your line all the way across, lift, go back to the beginning edge, and draw another line, back and forth. It doesn't have to be super slow, but precise. 
and in being precise, it will be a little slower than you might expect. Draw one line, lift, return, draw another line, lift. How close can you draw those lines? Experiment. Sometimes draw them farther apart, sometimes closer together. Can you go back over the lines in a different way? Absolutely, yes. And again, of course, if you wish. Just fill the space in whatever way feels natural. But fill big areas. If you're using just line, just hatching, fill the whole space you're filling or the whole section or patch. All of it with lines the same way before you switch, before you do something else. And maybe you want to do some other kind of pattern to fill your space. That's okay too. You can fill it with squares. You can fill it with circles. You can fill it with zigzags or curves. Repeating those lines though and those shapes can be very soothing and very mindful. Fill the space. How much space you fill is up to you. How dark you go, it's up to you. But notice as you draw these lines how you feel. Maybe you realize at some point that you sink into it. And maybe you realize that with a jolt. You suddenly think, oh, wow, I was doing this and had tuned everything else out. Maybe you realize that you are so focused on the pen moving across the page, the way the ink spreads, the sound of the nib. Maybe you are aware of what you hear out the window as you draw. Maybe you are aware of your breathing. And maybe you are aware of a feeling of slowing down and of centering. I would love to see your mindfulness practice especially when it is true, when it is about process and balancing, when it is about coping and calm and surviving, about finding quiet and stillness in a good way, an inner balance and an inner peace, when it is about breathing. I am the art. The art is me. And those birds last week, after I recorded that show and I started editing and I realized or discovered that I had unknowingly picked up those birds, I was enchanted. And I thought I should just go and record a whole track of birds that I can use. I was so excited by that. Couldn't shake it, though desire to do that. And I was going out for a walk and I thought I could also sit and pick up birdsong. I have the recorder because it is part of the setup that I finally have managed to get to work to do these this year. But I don't have the microphone part because it's separate. I have to detach it to connect all of this in here. And I can't find it. I can't find it. I know I've tucked it away. I kind of remember tucking it away. It had been in a bag that I carry with my art stuff. I kind of remember moving it. I kind of remember seeing it and thinking, oh, yes, I will remember someday that I have put it here. Well, that never happens. That never happens. Last night there was a tube of Neosporin and it was floating around because I had used it this week. And when I saw it, I thought, oh, that's going to get lost. So I dropped it in the bag, my bag. And as I did, I thought, I'll remember later that that's where I put it. 
a bit later, I saw it just sitting there on the top edge. It hadn't yet dropped out of sight, and I could see ahead into the future. <sighs> Didn't take a lot of ESB to do this. I could see ahead and think, oh, yeah, at the point at which we next need this, I'm going to have no idea where I put it. No idea whatsoever. I won't remember this moment of thinking that dropping it in this bag made sense in this time. So I took it out and I set it on top of the TV cabinet where it's in plain sight right now, should I need it. I always give everybody a hard time in my house. They think everything has to be in plain sight, but sometimes it works. So maybe the mic will turn up. Maybe I'll take a look today before I settle in to my spot on the couch where I either work or draw or watch TV or all of these things. And I admit, even though I'm managing my drawing and enjoying my drawing every night, I'm not doing other things that I wish I was doing or that I keep thinking I will do. I do understand that paralysis, that sense of sitting in one place and sitting still while everything swirls around. I very much understand and so that is it for today. That's it for episode 385. I appreciate you listening. In this time where there is so much available to you, I definitely see the movement. People are all moving around, trying new things and new places and spaces and new connections and setting up their own groups and own connections out of other groups. I see all of that happening, and I really appreciate those of you who still made time for this show, to join me today for the Creativity Matters podcast. And thank you to those of you who are helping in the group with prompts or offerings, sharing inspiration photos. A special thank you to Elizabeth, who has been helping me with that, so generously donating the time it does take to pick those out and think through a mix and share them and then join me in drawing. As always, I'm Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. Thank you to those of you who reached out to me this week. A couple of different people have contacted me completely unexpectedly, and it does make a big difference. And I do really appreciate it. In the midst of all of this, I do appreciate it. So a special thank you today to Marilyn and to Aaron and to Anne. I appreciate each of you for the ways in which you contacted me. I hope all of you reach out and connect with someone. Not only to just connect, but also to check in. I think people need to know that someone has said, hey, are you okay today? I do hope you're doing well. I hope you are finding time to make art. There is a lot to be said for our habits and routines, our creative ones, the things that we already do, we can still be doing in this time. And if the things that you most like to do are not possible or rev you up rather than calm you down, then maybe you should switch. Maybe try something different and drawing is definitely one approach. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone. Be safe.